0: The unsurpassed, penetrating and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in the hundred thousand myriad kalpas. Now we can see and hear it. We can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. Today we have Shantideva's chapter on patience, the third of the six paramitas. It's mostly about dealing with anger, something we're all familiar with. And it starts right off. All the good works gathered in a thousand ages, such as deeds of generosity and offerings to the blissful ones, the Buddhas, a single flash of anger shatters them. We all know what it's like when we give way to an angry impulse. The harm it does to others and to ourselves. All our merit can be shattered in a moment, says Shantideva. Well, I'm not sure it's quite so harsh that all our merit is gone in one moment of anger. But it's pretty serious and it can be really devastating. You have horrible results from anger sometimes. And he's pointing out the great damage that anger does. And as usual, he doesn't mince his words. He makes his point quite forcefully, as usual. But um, see, so yeah, sometimes a flash of anger, you know, if somebody kills somebody, It's you know, terrible. No evil is there similar to anger. No austerity to be compared with patience. Steep yourself, therefore, in patience in various ways, insistently. Patience is the traditional antidote to anger, as we know. Patience is the great austerity. It often goes unseen and unappreciated because it's restraint. And we have to keep on practicing it in various ways insistently. It's a constant practice. We don't just do it once and for all. Over and over again, we get to practice patience in all sorts of little ways, big ways, and so on. Those tormented by the pain of anger never know tranquility of mind. Strange as they will be to every pleasure, they will neither sleep nor feel secure. We know when we're angry we can't be peaceful, we can't enjoy anything. It is indeed a torment. When you're angry, you know, no matter what's going on, you're just miserable. You know? And people will avoid us, they won't like us if we're habitually angry. People don't like to be with an angry person, actually. He goes on, getting what I do not want and all that hinders my desire. In discontent, my anger finds its fuel. From this, it grows and beats me down. These are the two of the main causes of suffering we talked about the other day, spoken of by the Buddha. Not getting what we want and getting what we don't want. And our anger, our discontent, can feed them and make them grow. But we don't have to do that. So Shanti Devi decides to stop feeding his anger and not get upset by the things that happen. And he says, if there's a remedy when trouble strikes, what reason is there for dejection? Just fix it, deal with it. And if there is no help for it, what use is there in being glum? It's no use being miserable if we can't do anything about it. If we can fix it, then fine. If we can't, we can practice Patience and acceptance. Which actually can be a great benefit, as he goes on to explain later. And then he says, if I have no pain, I'll never long for freedom. It's suffering that compels us to try to find liberation. It's not just a bad thing, and we can use it to help ourselves. He says, there's nothing that does not grow light through habit and familiarity. Putting up with little cares, I'll train myself to bear with, bear with great adversity. By practicing patience with the little things, we can accept the greatest sufferings that will inevitably come our way. Just being patient with little frustrations, little annoyances, little things, then we have that restraint, that habit of restraint that helps us when there's a bigger thing happening. Suffering also has its worth. Through sorrow, pride is driven out and pity felt for those who wander in samsara. Evil is avoided. Goodness seems delightful. We can learn humility and compassion through suffering, seeing that everybody suffers, not just us. We're not beyond it either. So we don't want to add to suffering by doing harm. We want to do good. We learn kindness. We see how people suffer, how we suffer. We don't want to make it worse. We don't want to continue it. We practice kindness. And now Deva shows us it doesn't make sense to get angry at other angry or aggressive people. He says, never thinking, now I will be angry. People are impulsively caught up in anger. Nobody plans to get angry or irritated. I think I'm going to get mad now. Well, actually, sometimes people People do. It's like, oh, I've got a good excuse to get upset. Here's a horrible thing. it read be the horrible news, so they have an excuse to get upset. But there's this impulse of getting angry in a moment. People don't plan on that. And Shandideva says, people's anger and other faults are caused by circumstances. Riv said in the, her commentary on the Dogen's Kyoju Kaimon. By accident, someone made the course of karma. By accident, the wheel rolled the wrong way. There is no judgment in that. There is no reason to get angry at another angry person. And still, we do have the choice, as they do. We can get angry or not. And they can get angry or not. But we have the advantage of knowing we don't have to. And Chachadeva says, Everything everything depends on other things. There's nothing that's independent or unchanging. So really there's nothing to get angry at and no reason to get angry. There's no real self there. As Shantideva explains more later on, there's nothing really to get angry about because everything is caused by other things. Everything depends on other things. By accident, someone made the course of karma. By accident, the wheel rolled the wrong way. Thus, when enemies or friends are seen to act improperly, remain serene and call to mind that everything arises from conditions. If things could be according to their wish, no suffering would ever come to anyone of all embodied beings. But none of them want pain of any kind just things arise from conditions things happen people don't you know intend to, to suffer they're not trying to suffer if things would be as they wanted they wouldn't have suffering it's just it's conditions that cause things but people as people are driven by their anger and hatred you know just no, no intention. They're impulsively caught up in anger, and they don't know they have a choice. Many people don't know they have a choice. They don't have to get angry. If you think something's making you angry, it's very hard to train that. But if we know, we have a choice, it's a whole different thing. And so people who don't know that, we shouldn't get angry with them. John De Davis said, "It's like resenting fire for being hot. It's just what happens with people because they don't know that they can actually train their anger. That we don't have to get upset. And Shandikadeva goes on to tell us that if we're harmed by other beings it's because we harmed them in the past. Well, this doesn't just mean in the far past because if, we just, if somebody is angry with us maybe we just said something or did something that upset them we need to look at that and see, did I say something tactless or unkind or just thoughtless? You know, Or did I do something that hurt somebody inadvertently? You know, Is there a reason that somebody is mad at me? If somebody harms me, it's due to my past karma, whether it's from long past or just a few minutes ago. And Shantideva says, furthermore, if somebody who harms me goes to hell because of what they've done to me, then I've brought it about by being their object as it were and if I'm patient with the harm people do to me I will gain merit but what about them I can't be angry with them because they're going to suffer for their anger in fact they've helped me by giving me the opportunity to practice patience so he's turned it around Shantadeva has harmed them by giving them cause for anger and they've helped him practice patience. You, know, you can see it that way. Now Shantideva shows us that if we do suffer, it's because of our attachments. It's not because somebody's done something. It's not, they did it to me, they made me angry. It's our attachments that actually cause us to suffer. And first of all, he says, Because of mind's attachment to the body, this body is oppressed by pain. We feel pain because we identify with the body. It's a running sore in human form, as Shantideva calls it. I like that, a running sore in human form. Well, we all know physical pain. We get hurt, we get sick, we eventually die. We can't avoid it, you know. But it's the suffering from our clinging to the body, wanting it to be healthy and strong. Feeling oppressed by pain. That's what he's talking about here, I think. You can't help getting sick or getting hurt now and then. But feeling oppressed by pain. This shouldn't be happening to me. I don't like it. I want it to go away. How can I get rid of it? That's the suffering, you know. And we do what we can about pain and sickness, obviously. But not to make them a suffering by resenting them or trying to drive them away or saying it shouldn't be this way. That's the body. But he goes on. Scorn and hostile words, he says, and comments we don't like. They don't physically harm us. So why are we so averse to them? Why do we hate scorn and hostile words? Well, one idea, he says, is perhaps it's because they hinder us from having what we want. But eventually we're going to die and we'll have to leave it all behind anyway. So why worry? Why get upset if we lose things in our lives or we don't gain something. And scorn and hostile words, criticism, it's our attachment to our self that causes us to suffer when we're criticized. We're not physically harmed, but it's the attachment to the self that doesn't want to be treated that way. People do evil things because of their ignorance and their karma. And Shantideva says, Since everything depends on karma, why should I be angry at such things? Well yes, and people still do have a choice. But Shantideva is trying to help us to see through our anger and dislike and our attachment to ourself that underlies it, trying to get us to see that. So he's kind of pushing the argument a bit, you know. Other people's choices are not our problem. We just need to deal with our own, our own choices, our own responses, our own restraint or absence of restraint, anger or patience. That's what we're having to deal with, not to blame other people for their anger. That's their problem. We don't have to add to it by hurting people or being unkind to them, obviously, but we need to deal with our own anger, our own responses. So it's gone through a whole lot of analysis, actually, which I'm not going to go through because there's quite a lot of it. But a lot of it means it is about um, the unreality of this seeming self, you know. And actually that there's no thing or person really to be angry with because everything depends on other things. If somebody's angry, it's because something that happened in the past. And then before that, something else happened before that. It's, karma goes on unendingly unless we halt it now. But beings are driven by karma and don't know that they have a choice, that they can act differently, that it's not the world out to get them, but actually they can do something different. So he says... This I see, or this analysis, I don't have to get angry at anybody or anything actually, there's no need for it. This I see and therefore, come what may, I'll hold fast to the virtuous path and foster in the hearts of all an attitude of mutual love. It's not just letting go of anger and resentment, it's fostering love and kindness in ourselves and in others as well. Because kindness is contagious. Our kindness encourages others to be kind as well. As we know, when we're kind to somebody, they're likely to be kind in return or kind to somebody else. But if we're angry and resentful or contemptuous, they will treat others that way too, very often. We can actually not just let go of our anger, but foster in the hearts of all not just ourselves, an attitude of mutual love, kindness, compassion, love and understanding. And when we let go of our anger and hatred, love and kindness come in to fill that space. There's a space inside where these have been. We let them go, and kindness and compassion will naturally come in because we have them already. They're already there within us and within everybody. So... It's not just being patient. It's also fostering kindness. Shantideva goes on. We don't like being slandered. We like being praised. But if we don't find joy in hearing others being praised, how can we claim to want them to find Buddhahood? He says, how can anyone have bodhicitta who is angry when another prospers? In his usual inimitable way. It doesn't make sense. If we want to practice the way of the Bodhisattva, we need to deal with our anger and resentment and envy. To be pleased because we're praised or upset because somebody else is praised. It's just childish, he says. It's our defilements, our selfishness that cause our suffering. Wanting praise and joy for ourselves, but not for others. Harboring anger and resentment and envy. Gandhi Deva talks at length about praise and blame. He's probably had a fair bit of blame in his life, it would seem. But we can apply what he says to other things as well. There's the eight winds, gain and loss, fame and disgrace, praise and blame, and elation and sorrow. We can apply these things to all of them. Gain and loss. Somebody else gets something. Somebody, somebody we don't like, wins the lottery or has some wonderful thing happen. Are we? Do we rejoice? You know? Can we be happy for them? Not always easy, you know, if it's straightforward. Somebody gets some great fame, which seems completely undeserved. (laughs) Or somebody else who we admire is put down or not, you know, not respected. You know, all these things, elation and sorrow. You know, we have joy, we have sorrow. And to actually sit still in the midst of all of it. He says, praise and compliments distract me from my purpose of liberation and I start to envy other people. Praise and compliments make us think, oh, I start to you know, get puffed up or else I'm not getting praised and complimented and I'm envying somebody else who is. You know. So he thinks, those who damage my good name and cut me down to size are protecting me from falling into realms of grief. Because if we're praised and complimented, we're distracted from our purpose of liberation. But when we're cut down to size with being insulted, we're not going to look for that. But we can look to see, it actually, maybe it can help us. We don't have to be all upset. We can, we can practice patience and just sit still with it all. So people who do that, who damage our good name and cut us down to size... They're protecting us from falling into realms of grief. So, how could we be angry with them? He says they're like Buddha's very blessing. They're protecting us, preventing us from creating bad karma. So, we mustn't get irritated with them because, after all, we do remember is not patience the supreme austerity? And should I not abide by this? He says. Ah, yes, remember, right. Patience, the supreme austerity, let's abide by that and not get all upset when somebody is slandering us or just criticizing us. We don't expect to be, you know, rabidly slandered, but just criticized or somebody points out a fault or says something you don't really like or, you know, seems dismissive or whatever it might be. You get a little bit upset. It doesn't have to be some grand, you know, putting down. Just a little, little there's little things, little irritations, or somebody saying something is just a little bit unkind or a little bit unappreciative or, you know, they think, so we don't want to get irritated. They think, ah, I can be patient with this. Because he says in these little ways we practice patience, that when big things come along, we're better able to deal with them. Ah. So, how could we be angry with them? They're like Buddha's very blessing, helping us, preventing us from creating bad karma, helping us to practice the supreme austerity, patience. So, he says, my enemies are helpers in my Bodhisattva work, and therefore they should be a joy to me. So he's turned it around. He says, thanks to those whose minds are full of malice, I engender patience in myself. They, therefore, are the causes of my patience. fit veneration, like the Dharma. I can venerate people who are angry with me because they're the causes of my patience. This is not easy, but it's not impossible. Just to turn the whole thing around, you know. There's no reason to be angry with anybody, actually, when you come to this to turn our problems around and see them as helping us, we can do this too. We can look at the things that cause us suffering and see how we can learn from them and even be grateful for them. Life is not always comfortable. However however much we would like it to be, it is not always what we'd like. We don't always get what we want and we often get what we don't want. So instead of just getting upset and resentful, we can look at the things or the people we have problems with and see them differently. They can help us to cultivate patience and kindness. It's actually really true. You know, it's not just some kind of nice idea that Chanti Davis cooked up. It really does help us, actually, when something is difficult. Ah, can I see this in a different way? Can I turn it around to see how it actually can help me? Life is not always about getting what we want and avoiding what we don't want. It's about looking for liberation, focusing on that for the sake of ourselves and all beings, not just ourselves, but all beings, because it all works together. We're not separate. So people we have problems with or the difficulties in our lives, they can help us to cultivate patience and kindness, because we remember kindness too, Patience isn't just a cold refraining from getting angry. It's a warm nourishing of kindness as well. To remember that. Rejoicing in the joys of other beings. He's mentioned this. Sympathetic joy. It's one of the divine abodes, the, the limitless abodes of Brahma. Sympathetic joy. So Shantideva resolves to work to make beings happy. Because this will make the Buddhas happy too. And he says, Buddhas are made happy by the joy of beings. They sorrow, they lament when beings suffer. By bringing bringing joy to beings then, I please the Buddhas also. By wounding them, I wound the Buddhas too. So he's going to treat all beings with respect as he would treat the Buddhas. Because in fact, all beings are Buddhas. The Buddhas say that. All beings are Buddha. They all have Buddha nature. So all beings are to be treated as you would treat a Buddha. And he says, This will drive away the sorrows of the world, and therefore it will be my constant work to let go of anger, resentment, and to practice kindness and the cherishing of beings, helping beings, to bring them joy, to help them on their path. And in this chapter, he has gone through all this analysis and all this reasoning, but it's for a purpose, as always it's for a practical purpose. And he ends up with his clear and simple aspiration to to do the very best he can to bring benefit to beings and follow the way of the Bodhisattva. Homage to all the Buddhas in all worlds. Homage to all the Bodhisattvas in all worlds. Homage to the scripture of great wisdom.